Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rivals for Ernie. This is Monty, and we are ready today to talk NFL. We're going to share with you who we believe are going to win every single division, our seven playoff teams in each league, and eventually the Super Bowl players and winners. We're going to do that now, a little bit earlier than last year, but we want to build for next week's show, which is our fantasy football show. That's one of the shows that I'm most excited for because we're going to help you win your leagues this year. We're going to break down the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defenses. We're going to share with you some of the sleepers. And these sleepers oftentimes help you win your title. That'll be next week's show. But Ernie, before we get to the NFL, a loss of a legend this year, uh, this week, with the passing of your Celtic historical great, Bill Russell. Yeah, not only just a Celtic great, I mean, an NBA an NBA great. I mean, just by the sheer number of, you know, NBA champions, not only that he, he played in, but he, he actually coached in uh, being one of the, uh, being the only player to actually do that. I mean, his, his accolades go beyond basketball. Uh, back when he was playing, you know, so, so the social injustice wasn't as, even though there, it, it's still prevalent today. It wasn't as prevalent as it was. I mean, it was, it was more prevalent back, uh, in his playing days where, you know, he would be cheered, uh, you know, in the Boston garden, go out to eat dinner and wouldn't even be, be served. I mean, he would have to sit at a separate table from, you know, his white players counterparts. So that, that existed back in the days. I mean, it, it seems, it seems, uh, weird for 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 to, you know just for me to even phantom that but you know that's what existed in the days and he teamed up with like Muhammad Ali you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar you know Lou Alcindor back then and uh you know he he helped start uh you know the the Black Lives Matter if you want to call it that back in back in the day so his standing uh is going to be very missed in regards to basketball, but you know, as a humanitarian, uh, Bill Russell was just as great. So, you know, Bill Russell, rest in peace. You were the other Celtics legends who we've lost. Uh, we've, and we've lost a lot if you're a Celtics fan over the, you know, the past couple of years. But, you know, I can almost guarantee, I can guarantee you, he, you're in a better place right now and you deserve to be there. Uh, you know, my, I, I, my words can't say, uh, do you justice in regards to how you change, you know, this world. It's a better place because you were alive and you did what you did, what you, what, what you thought was the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to you, Bill Russell. Absolutely. I mean, Bill Russell, you can transformational, the winningest player in NBA history, right. but transformational, as you talked about, you know, he was in his mid, mid eighties already. But yet the current NBA players still knew who he was because mm-hmm. he still had an impact in today's NBA. Awards named after him. And you can tell his impact when just days after his passing, the NBA announces that his number six will never be worn again. Right. Players currently wearing it now, like LeBron, are grandfathered in. But once they retire or these players go away, no one will wear Bill Russell's number six 
ever again. That's the impact that he had. Celtic great, NBA great, NBA legend, human being, Bill Russell. You certainly will be missed. So let's transition to the NFL. Before we get into our predictions, any observations this week from the first full week of training camp games, your Steelers, I know you were pretty impressed with their right. offensive line and what right. happened with the Steeler game. You want to share your thoughts? Well, it's, it, it's all, it's all preliminary. I mean, you, we're, we're talking about, you know, the first preseason game where most of the, most of your stars per se don't even play. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh right now is going through a quarterback battle. So Trubisky, you know, has to play. I mean, he has to uh, acclimate himself into the offense and there really still isn't a clear cut number of starting quarterback per se. So he, he's, he's in that mix, but by in part, I mean, uh, you know, your, your top Chase Claypool didn't play, uh, Deontay Johnson didn't play, Firemouth didn't play on the defense side. I, I, I think only, I think only five starters played. And if they played, they only played like, like a couple of series. So take it for what it is. I mean, the, if you're an NFL fan, you're going to hype everything right now. From what you see in preseason, uh, you're going to hype everything. If you don't currently like your quarterback, you're going to go for that second stringer. You're going to go for that third stringer. And you could see it in the Steelers game. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who right now is, is slotted as number three. And I'm, I'm talking about a distant number three, you know, he got all the cheers. Mason Kenny Pickett. Exactly. Kenny actually, Pickett. <laughs> actually, they were just saying Kenny, or they're just saying they Pickett. are demanding him. Yeah, they, to be the they, starter. Wa they wanted him. And who's number one right now? Actually, not number one, but close to being number one. Mason got actually he got booed. He got booed. Well, I think the Steeler fans are smart enough to know that if they go into the season with Mason, their season isn't <laughs> going to go anywhere. So they're hopeful that one of the other two guys will yeah. step up and yeah. lead them I, to I, the promised I, I mean, land. I mean, I'm 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 hopeful. I, I I like how the off, like you said, how the offensive line look. Uh, I re. I mean, I, I really like Pickens. I like George Pickens. The He looks like a steal. A typical Steeler steal. steal. Yeah, just like... I mean, his size and speed with Claypool, we're talking off the air. If Claypool comes back with a psychologically sound, those two guys on the outside with Deontay in the middle, that and Freermuth in the end zone, that is going to be weapons, young weapons. Yep. They're going to be really hard to compete with it's it's in terms of young weapons it's going to be it's going to be tough especially if that offensive line really gets into into sync right now and if you know if Najee goes if Najee goes ballistic which which I think he's going to be doing because the Steelers run it wasn't just one folks it was whoever they put in there so it wasn't like one back really stood out I mean all the backs who they put in Average, I mean, they, they had 185 yards on 32 carries, you know, uh, with the longest run being like 24 yards or something like that. So they all did well, which leads me to believe that the offensive line played well. Uh, and if that happens to me, you don't need, uh, you know, a top 10 quarterback, you know, you play good defense, you run the ball, you stop the run and you're in there. You, I mean, the Giants proved that Baltimore proved that that you can win Super Bowls 
you know, without uh, you know having the uh, an elite quarterback. So I'm crossing my fingers. See, Ernie is so excited. I mean, they were playing the Seattle Seahawks, which could be <laughs> they could lose to the Alabama Crimson Tide if they were played. It's not the same Seattle Seahawks. But you know, I can't talk about my Rams because. Since 2018, the Rams played no starters. So you just never know. The Rams still pulled out a 29-22 win over the Chargers in the Battle of LA. But there's really nothing that's going on there. The Rams will be what the Rams are when they show up for the Thursday game to start the season against the Buffalo Bills. Deshaun Watson actually hit the field, looked absolutely atrocious in the three series that he played. He was one for seven with a fumble and two punts. He really, really looked rusty. Clearly, he was distracted too. Um, his situation is still in limbo. He was trying to negotiate an acceptance of an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. The NFL is still holding steady that they want an indefinite suspension, at least for a year, and a $20 million fine. Um, so we're going to see how that how that moves around. But that's really the only thing that's triggering much talk right now. So without further ado, Ernie, let's dive in to our, our ranking. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover the two Easts first. We'll do the AFC East, we'll do the NFC East, and we'll work our way through the North, the South, and then eventually the West. So we're going to start with the AFC East. And this is where I believe the best team in the NFL on paper to start the season is the Buffalo Bills. Now, because the schedules are really, really difficult, Buffalo has a hard schedule. I don't think they're going to be a 15 and 2, 14 and 3 team. In fact, I have them being a 12 and 5 team, but the AFC is so loaded that 12 and 5 to me is going to make them the number one overall seed in the AFC. So I have the Buffalo Bills led by Josh Allen, who I believe enters the season as probably the leading candidate for the MVP. Von Miller comes over, not so much to be the producer, because I think he's getting a little bit older, but to be the leader. They invested in two outside defensive ends last year in the first and second round. I believe he's going to help get them to be better. They're loaded on offense. They drafted another wide uh, running back this year as well. I believe Buffalo is poised. You know, they barely lost in one of the greatest NFL playoff games last year to the Kansas City Chiefs. They were up, remember, with 13 seconds left and let Kansas City tie it up. And then they never got the ball back. And Mahomes leads them to an overtime victory. But I believe Buffalo at 12 and 5 wins the AFC East relatively easy. In second, I have the Miami Dolphins. I believe Miami goes 10 and 7. I believe Tua Tungavailoa takes a big leap this year. They certainly have invested in weapons. Miami has gone from a defensive-minded philosophy under Brian Flores. They brought in uh, San Francisco's offensive coordinator to lead the charge. They're going to be more of an offensive-minded team. They brought in weapons as well. Tyreek Hill is there. Between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you have two guys that on any particular short pass can break it 90 yards for a touchdown. Cedric Wilson from the uh, Dallas Cowboys came over as well. He's a great number three. You still have Mike Giusecki at tight end. They bring in three running backs. Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco 49ers, Chase Edwards from the Arizona Cardinals, and Sony Michel from the Super Bowl champion Rams are all there now because remember the San Francisco philosophy is run first, which creates passing opportunities, which is what makes Garoppolo so successful. I believe they implement that. I believe Tua has his best year. I believe Miami makes the playoffs at 10 and 7. New England will take a step back. I just don't really know if their coaching situation is conducive to success. It 
All indications is that Mac Jones has kind of regressed a little bit. He's struggling with the fact that he lost his offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel, who's now the head coach with the Oakland Raiders. And now you have uh, Patricia and Joe Judge, who are special teams and defensive coaches, splitting offensive coordinator play reps. And for a young quarterback, you want continuity, you want mentorship, you want leadership. And I just don't see New England having that. And they have no weapons. Their wide receivers are weak. Their tight ends, they spent a lot of money on. They both can't stay healthy. Their running backs are not the best. I believe New England takes a step back. They go seven and 10. And then the Jets at five and 12. Now this five and 12 is predicated on the fact that Zach Wilson's knee injury that he suffered in the game yesterday is not going to be as bad as initially expected. Early word today is that uh, he'll miss two to four weeks. They'll know it's more towards the four weeks. They're no better when they go in to scope the uh, meniscus to see if there's further damage. But if he comes back, say, by week three or four, I still believe the Jets can win five games. They have two good running backs. They had a brilliant draft this year. I believe they brought on some offensive talent, some defensive talent. I'm not by any stretch. I don't believe they're in the playoffs, but I believe they make a leap by their standards to go five and 12. So Buffalo at 12 and five, Miami 10 and seven, uh, Patriots at seven and 10 and the Jets at five and 12. Ernie, how do you see the AFC East? Yeah, it's going to be relatively close. I have Buffalo winning actually a little bit easier, uh, easier than you. I think they, str- they struggled last year. I think uh, last year when they were Super Bowl favorites, they laid an egg uh, on their opening, uh, uh, on their opening day, uh, you know, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then found, caught their way back. Like you said, uh, it happened again, uh, when they met with the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what in the playoffs, but what really startled me was the way that, uh, you know, how easily they took that loss. I mean, as far as, you know, Mahomes coming way, you know, back like, uh, nobody's business and Buffalo has a real good defense on top of there. I, I thought they would be a little bit more upset. I think they learn from those mistakes. I think they start off on fire. I think they finish the year, uh, at 13 and four. I think they're, uh, and, and those four losses will be, will be close, I believe. Well, the, one of the four losses will be the first game of the season and they play at the Los Angeles Rams. So <laughs> that better be one of those losses. We, well, well, <laughs> so we, Buffalo 13 and four. So I, I think you agree with me that Buffalo is probably the cream of the crop yeah, in the that, AFC. To, to me, to, to me, they're, 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 you know, they're, they'll, they'll make it to the AFC championship game, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, following that, I know you had Miami. I still have New England. I still have Mac Jones out there. He came out like gangbusters. The NFL is a copycat league. I don't think his maturity really played out in the second half. I think teams figured him out. I think Bill Belichick knows that. I think he'll adjust. Uh, I know that they don't have the offensive p- firepower. That is not New England. Uh, they didn't have the offense, uh, offensive firepower when uh, Tom Brady first started out. And they, you know, they still found ways to do it. We, we all think that since Tom Brady is out of the picture right now, that Bill Belichick uh, really can't do it without him. I really think Bill Belichick's mind doesn't deteriorate as 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 fast as Tom Brady's body. I think he still has it as far as uh, you know his coaching ability. Uh, they are not a contender for the Super Bowl, but they are. They have the pieces, in my opinion, enough of the pieces 
to make them at least relevant. I have them coming in at nine and eight being a, you know, so same record as this past year. Yeah. Same record. I don't think they're going to be, you know, on paper, they're not as talented as last year, but I think at, by the end of the year, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I don't know how it's going to happen, but Bill Belichick finds a way. He's done it for so long. I got to believe in, I got to believe in him. So I have them at, at nine and eight. Uh, tying them, I have the Miami Dolphins. I, I would have them a little bit higher. I just got a, I got a bad feeling. I think this is organizational. You know, like how the Cleveland Browns always have those good teams. You, you know, for the past several years, but they always laid an egg. I have a feeling based upon what they did last year with, uh, you know, those, those allegations of, uh, you know, tanking. tanking the games and, you know, whatnot. I think that comes back to, comes back to bite them. Uh, there's a new regime in town. Uh, although I think Tua is going to do better, uh, this is a new system again. Uh, he does have the weapons now. You know, as you mentioned, Waddle's over there. Tyreek Hill is over there. Uh, the slew of running backs that you mentioned. But you know what? Flores was a defensive mind. I think the defensive kept them in games last year. I think the loss of him alone uh, sets the defensive back, and that offsets the improvement on the offense. I think they finished 9-8. and eight. Okay. Pulling up the rear, I have the, the New York Jets. I believe in like what you said. They, you know, they, they came in with those slew of draft picks. Uh, Zach Wilson, I believe is going to be a dynamic quarterback. I, I, I really think that, you know, I really don't think that his type of style of play is really consistent enough in today's NFL where he's actually going to be, uh, he can win those games by himself. It's going to, it's obviously going to have to be, uh, a full team. And I think they're just too young. Uh, they have the young studs around them. If they can develop them and keep them around, they'll be, they'll be a force later on. But then that's, uh, you know, that's later on. At this point, I have them coming in last in the FC at five and 12. So Buffalo, I have at 13 and four Miami and New England tied at nine and eight, though I have New England probably beating Miami twice. Uh, and the Jets pulling up the rear at Five and twelve. Okay, so not too dissimilar. I mean, I think we differ on Miami and New England, um, but we got the exact same record for the Jets, and and then you know with Buffalo, you just got them at thirteen and four. I got them at twelve and five. So let's shift our focus to the NFC East. Now, over the last couple of years, we would refer, or I would refer to the NFC East as the NFC least. I believe they were the worst division in all of football. I don't believe that this year. I believe there are at least two other divisions that are worse. Um, and that would be the two Souths, but we'll get to them in a little bit. I believe Philadelphia wins the NFC East. I love what Philadelphia did. Jalen Hurts, and we're going to get more into this next week from me. I believe he takes a leap forward. I, be- I believe he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. I believe that Philadelphia goes 10 and 7. Their defense is, is pretty stout. They add AJ Brown to Devontae Smith. Um, you know, Miles Sanders at running back. They've always had a tremendous offensive line. I think they now have enough offensive firepower. They barely, they got to the playoffs last year at nine and eight. I believe they win one more game, go to 10 and seven. Dallas and Washington are going to be right there for second and third place. I believe I have Dallas at nine and eight. I have Washington at eight and nine. I, I question Dallas's, you know, Dallas took a leap forward defensively last year but they did lose a couple of pass rushers. Um, and I think they are putting so much into Michael Parsons being Lawrence Taylor this year. 
If he continues to develop and becomes Lawrence Taylor, then Dallas is going to be in good shape. Offensively, this is where I have a concern for Dallas. They lost Amari Cooper. They traded him away. They're putting all of their eggs in CeeDee Lamb's basket. I, I He's good. I'm not sure he's good enough to be a solid number one. I don't like his, you know, his small frame. Um, their tight ends are still hurt with Schultz. Their offensive line is no longer the same. Um, they've, they've struggled there. Ezekiel Elliott, to me, is, is, is essentially done. I believe Dallas prefers Pollard to Ezekiel Elliott. They're just locked into his large contract. So I believe Dallas takes a step back offensively, which is going to make them a toss-up between them and Washington. I think Washington could easily be, um, you know, ahead of Dallas. I, I think it's all going to depend on Carson Wentz. You know, they brought Carson Wentz in. You know, he struggled a little bit early on in camp, but I believe Miami has, I mean, uh, Washington has a good defense. Um, they have had a good defense. They've, they've have a good running game. They've added Brian Robinson as a rookie to that, to that lineup. Terry McLaurin is there. He's a, he signed his extension this year. I believe offensively they're going to be okay if they can get decent quarterback play. If Carson Wentz can be as good as he was with the Colts last year before he got COVID at the end of the year. Remember, gang, he threw 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions last year. He ended the season atrociously, but I attribute that more to COVID than anything else. But he has a weak psyche. So if he can bounce back mentally, I think Washington could probably leap Dallas. But for now, I have them at eight and nine. And I believe the Giants are better. I'm a believer in Daniel Jones more than most. I think last year he got a concussion that really derailed his season. I think it's all going to come down to health. The Giants have not been able to stay healthy. Saquon Barkley has been a disaster with his health for the last three years. If Barkley is healthy, their wide receivers are healthy, and Daniel Jones stays healthy, I believe the Giants win a few more games, and they finish at 7-10. and 10. Philly, Dallas, Washington, and Giants is how I have the NFC East. What do you say, Ernie? I, I I say you're very optimistic in regards to the East. Uh, I think they will approve. Uh, they will improve. I don't think they're the worst division in the the NFC East. I do believe you. I do believe the you know the South. Uh, you know will win that will win that award. Uh, but I don't have them as high as as you have them. Uh, I'll start off with you know Dallas and and Philadelphia. I. I, I am not a believer in, in, in Jalen Hurts. I believe that he is a mediocre passer. He's more of an, of an athlete than a passer. Uh, the pass, the athletes that were, uh, really good in the NFL shown that they were throwing quarterbacks at one time where the, their running or athleticism was basically a compliment. I don't think, uh, it, that's the game for Jalen Hurts, and he'll have to show me this year. I think a lot of teams really underestimate, uh, you know, his value on the team last year. I think that changes this year. That now that he's the focal point, but it's still Philadelphia has weapons. Philadelphia has a good defense. Uh, all that play putting it to part. As long as Jalen Hurts can play a manageable game, and that's what he did last year, as long as they can rail him in. Now, if he gets the pressure where he has to feel, he feels that he has to win that game, I think that's going to spell trouble for the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But if they reel him in and just make him become a game manager, I think Philadelphia can give Dallas a run for this division. I actually have them at 10 and 7. Uh, but you know, I really think Dallas 
comes up better than most people expect. I think a lot of people are overlooking das- Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott, after getting that big contract, uh, still has a chip on his shoulder where he believes that uh, he has to show the people out there that he is worth that type of money. And, you know, he, that's basically top quarterback money out there. Yes, they lost a lot of people, but, uh, Michael Parsons as a rookie was in the, he was in the running for defensive player of the year. I can only see that guy improving. Uh, and when you have a guy like that who is already was, was, you know, top three in voting as far as defensive player of the year, I think that gets contagious, uh, on the defensive side. They just got to put the pieces together. I think a lot of people underestimate Dallas. That's where Dallas is going to take advantage. But I have a reserve button on it and I'm going to put them tied with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, at 10 and 7 on that in that division. As far as Carson Wentz is concerned with the with the Washington Redskins, I there I mean there's a reason why he's he's you know a journeyman quarterback. And uh when you have a journeyman quarterback going to a team that uh, really hasn't had any uh sustained playoff success, uh you kind of want that quarterback to come into uh, that particular situation, uh, to be a game changer. And I don't think Carson, uh, Wentz will bring, you know, that type of winning culture with him. He is a very talented quarterback. Uh, I just don't think Washington has, uh, all the pieces to put it together this year. Yes, they're playing, uh, you know, in a relatively weak division. I really don't think they're that bad of a team. Uh, but I, I, I still have them, you know, reaching forward. I still believe that they're going to be a, a sub 500 team. I have them at seven and 10. Bringing up the rear, everybody wants the Giants to, you know, to be relevant. If, you know, at least one of the New York teams becomes relevant, relevant in the NFL, it's better for the ratings. Uh, the Giants are probably the better of the, the two New York teams, but. I still have them at last. Uh, I am not a believer in Daniel Jones. I mean, and Saquon Barkley, I'm, I'm not holding my, I thought when he started his career, I thought, you know, he was the second coming. Uh, he kind of fell off a ledge. They just got to show me something. Uh, I just don't see that roster, even though the NFC East isn't that much of a juggernaut. I don't see them beating Philadelphia, Dallas, or Washington. Right now, I have Dallas pulling up the rear at 6-11. and 11. Okay, so 16-11 for the Giants. So, okay, so Philly and Dallas, you have your top two. Uh, you have them both at 10-7. and seven. Not too dissimilar for me, and you have Washington and Giants in the bottom. So, I think we're pretty close there. Let's reverse and let's go to the NFC North. And this is where I think we're going to see some some surprises, at least from my perspective. I think Green Bay takes a step back. I think losing Devontae Adams is going to be huge. You still have, of course, Aaron Rodgers, the two-time MVP, the two consecutive MVP, four-time MVP uh, for the Green Bay Packers, but he's with a lot of young wide receivers down. We all know Aaron Rodgers does not like young wide receivers. So they're going to have to do it with a lot more running, I believe, this year. Um, so I believe Green Bay takes a step back. I still think they win the division at 10 and 7, but I believe the Minnesota Vikings at 10 and 7 as well could sneak up and win this division. Minnesota folks, 
is loaded offensively. Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. You bring in the Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator as their new head coach. I believe Justin Jefferson is going to have a remarkable season you know, this year. So I believe Minnesota is going to be better than people think. Uh, I have them at 10 and 7 tied with Green Bay, but I believe Green Bay wins uh, the tiebreaker to win the division. Then it's Chicago and Detroit. I have Chicago at 7 and 10. Justin Fields, second year. I believe he'll make some strides, but Chicago's roster is just simply not that good. And then Detroit at 6 and 11, which is an improvement from 3 and 13 last year. If you remember correctly, they lost so many heartbreakers. They ended up winning 3 of their last uh, six games on the season. I believe they take another step forward. I believe they're building a great offensive line. They have some pieces at running back and wide receiver. Hawkinson at tight end. Jared Goff there, and they invested a lot on defense this year with Hutchinson, the number two pick. I think they're expecting him to have the same kind of impact that the Bosas have had in the past. So I think Detroit improves, but they're still 6-11. and 11. They're a ways off. So 10-7 and seven for the Pack and the Vikings. 7-10 and 10 for, the, for the Bears. 6-11 and 11 for Detroit. What say you, Ernie? Uh, this was the toughest part, uh, the toughest division in my, at least for the top three. Uh, I think uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, and Chicago can all be interchangeable. Uh, right now, I have, uh, you know, just based upon, you know, health, you know, but we're not, we're, I'm not putting uh, health into any of these uh, predictions right now. We're just going to go through the, the, you know, this whole scenario with you know just based upon roster and right now it's 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 hard to put minnesota uh you know hard to look past them right now like you said uh tremendous offense right now on top of them they finished the year they finished the year strong uh they just know how to win i believe that you know their their uh you know their their prowess in regards to their wide receivers their running game uh, it's very, it's very balanced. They can, they can, they can win in so, they can win in so many ways. Uh, I have them at 11 and six. I believe, uh, like you, although you had Green Bay number one, I, I, I believe Green Bay takes a step back. I think they come in second in this division. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna, uh, still play well, but I think it's gonna be, okay, we're just gonna scheme against Aaron Rodgers. We'll let him have his, but in, at the end of the game, uh, we'll just scheme it in a way where, you know, when we play the Green Bay Packers, he doesn't get a chance to beat us or we, we, we put it out of distance. So Green Bay will still do well. They'll beat the, they'll beat the average teams out there, but I have them at 10 and seven. Uh, I have Chicago actually playing, uh, playing very well. I, I was very impressed with Justin Fields. I really thought he, uh, you know, I never really did go for any Ohio State quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen many of the Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, coming, come, come in with uh, much fanfare and, you know, fizzle out in the NFL. Uh, Justin Fields looks like, in my opinion, that he could be one of the better ones in, uh, in you know, uh, up and coming. Uh, I just remember, I, I, I know it's just one game, I, but I recall when the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Chicago Bears, how poised he was. Uh, looking like a veteran. Now the Steelers did come back in that game, but he doesn't play defense. But the output that he made a lot of people that played around him better. And that's what I look for in a leader. Uh, and with time, that actually, uh, gets even better. 
So I like his leadership ability. I like, I like how he can, uh, you know, command that team, uh, better than Aaron Rodgers. No. So I have them at nine and eight. And in Detroit, I agree with you. They're an up and coming team that, you know, they got good draft picks coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll see about H- Hutchinson. I really thought this year's draft, you know, any one of the top five could have been, could have been a star. Uh, you know, so even though he went high, he could have been as low as number five or number six in, from a, from a talent standpoint. Uh, we'll see how his abilities translate into the NFL. I think Detroit bounces back just a little. I have them at six and 11 pulling up the rear. Okay. So let's switch to the NF- AFC North, which is your division. So let me let you go first here. Because I'm curious to see um, if you have the Steelers at 17 and 0 or 16 and 1. Where what do you got going on in the AFC North? <laughs> okay, I have actually I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I hate to say it, I have the Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, winning this division at 11 and 6. I just I mean when you got a quarterback as good as he is and a wide receiver as good as, you know, Chase is, Jamar Chase is, uh, on rookie contracts that you could do a, a plethora of things. And I think it just, I think it comes together. I, I, I think last year's, last year's team that showed up in the Super Bowl, uh, is going to be better. I think they're going to be better. They just happen to play in the, uh, in the AFC North, which it, it's, it's just bruising. Uh, they were relatively healthy last year. Uh, in that type of division, uh, it comes down to the law of averages. They're going to have some setbacks, I believe. Uh, but I still have them with that, with how talented they are on offense and defense. Now they brought in a lot of players over the last couple of years, a lot of good defensive players. A lot of their players, they didn't bring in house. They brought in for these guys are proven. Proven players, and it showed. They're going to gel more better uh, than last year. But I have them. It, it sounds like I'm, I'm putting them at like a, at 14 and 3, but I have them going to – I'll put them at 11 and 6 just because they're going to have to – it's going to be a bloodbath when they go through the, the AFC North. Now, a lot of people are going to think I'm a homer on top of this, but I have the Steelers coming in at 10 and 7. And I'm only saying this for one for one reason. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing record. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing record in like 15 years. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. And this defense is going to be one of his better defense. The offensive line from last year is going to be much improved. The defensive line is going to be very much improved. Then you, now you got defensive player of the year, TJ Watt with Alex Highsmith, who I believe is going to be a double digit sack, uh, uh, sack master, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick signed one of the highest, uh, gets one of the, the, the top, uh, safety contracts in the NFL. That defense is going to be, uh, stout worthy. Uh, the question is who's going to be playing quarterback? Uh, and it's up in the air. I couldn't say as a fan right now, it's how it stands is Mitch Trubisky has a slight edge over, uh, Mason Rudolph with their number one draft pick, Kenny Pickett, 
uh, coming in third. But if you listen to the fans in the first preseason game, they want Pickett as number one. Uh, I believe it comes out to where Trubisky starts off the season. If there's going to be any change, it's going to be because he falters somewhere down the road. Uh, but I like what I see. I think whoever starts is going to be the starter for the rest of the year. I believe it comes down to game management. As long as they don't end up, uh, whoever's at quarterback doesn't end up giving the game away. I think they're in for the long run. I think they're going to let the running game and the defense, uh, play tough. And again, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in 15 plus years. This won't be the first. They come in at 10 and seven. Sorry for the, Long-winded uh, analysis, that's just my team. Now, everybody thinks that the Baltimore Ravens, with that banged-up team from last year who finished up pretty decent, is going to be much improved. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think, I, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's a, a guy who, who's in, you know, in, in negotiations for getting more money as far as quarterback, Lamar Jackson out there. I think he's going to get a little bit greedy. I think he's going to be a stat monster over there and kind of think about himself. And I think that's going to play a little bit into, let's just say it's going to come out negative. Uh, we all know that what type of athlete uh, Lamar Jackson is and boy, the, the, the number of injuries that they had last year was, was outstanding. Uh, but you know what? It just tells me that the Baltimore Ravens have a deep roster. Uh, the T, the players that were out that they filled in for aren't really that much better than them. They're better than them, but I don't think they're like, you know, uh, all pro first team or second team better. Uh, I believe that, you know, with Lamar Jackson, uh, buying for, you know, his next contract, uh, and with, with a little halt in regards to, you know, those injured players coming back this year, I have them at nine and seven. I think they're going to be pretty well. I just don't think they're going to be as good as a lot of people think. And the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns, are the Cleveland Browns. I mean, when everybody was picking them for the Super Bowl, I was picking them for last place. Uh, I really don't think Deshaun Watson is going to play more than half the games at best. And without him, they're going to lose 75% of those games. With him, they're going to be winning like 50% of those games. I have the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns at 5-12. and 12. All right, so... I agree with Cincinnati winning the division. I think they're going to be 10 and 7. Uh, they spent a lot of money on their offensive line. That seemed to be the weak link for them. They've, they, they've invested in that position. They have the best wide receivers in the league in terms of a trio. Joe Burrow's an absolute stud. But the whole AFC is going to be a challenge. So I see them at 10 and 7 winning the division. I like Baltimore a little bit more than you. I think they go to 10 and 7. I think they're healthier this year if they can stay healthy. I think Dobbins coming back is going to be a key at running back for them. I think Lamar Jackson, if he can stay healthy, certainly is going to upgrade that team. I think Rashad Bateman in his second year is going to take the next step, be their best wide receiver. Mark Andrews is often a lot of people's number one tight end for fantasy for this year. And then defensively, they're always going to be stout. So Cincinnati at 10 and 7, they beat the 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 uh, Ravens who's also 10 and 7 on the tiebreaker I have your Pittsburgh Steelers and I struggled with this I actually had them at 9 and 8 just because of the reason that Tomlin has never had a losing season 
but the math wasn't wasn't coming out. So I actually dropped them to eight and nine. And here's my thought. If Mitchell Trubisky can win the job and be a solid quarterback, I think Pittsburgh has a chance to win 10 games. If not, I think Kenny Pickett will be the starting quarterback the last half of the season. I think the fans are going to demand that. It's all going to depend. If we, if, if after nine weeks, Pittsburgh is six and three or better, then I think Trubisky stays the quarterback the entire year. If after nine games, they're four and five, I think Kenny Pickett is going to be the quarterback for the back half of the year. But Pittsburgh right there at 8-9, and nine, they could be better, they could be worse. And I agree with you, Cleveland has way too many questions. They still have a talented roster, but way too many questions at quarterback. I have them actually at 7-10. and 10. So let's go to the AFC and the NFC South. I believe these are weak divisions, so we'll blow by this a little bit quicker. Uh, in the AFC South, I believe the addition of Matt Ryan... And the reduction, the elimination of A.J. Brown from Tennessee flips them. I think Indianapolis wins the division at 10 and 7. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is the number one running back in the NFL. Certainly for fantasy purposes, he's going to be my number one running back. I believe Matt Ryan stabilizes that quarterback position, not necessarily only on the field, but I think off the field where Carson Wentz really has always struggled with his leadership ability and the chemistry side. I think Matt Ryan is going to be solid there. Their defense is solid with Buckner uh, and Leonard leading the way there. Uh, they have a great offensive line with Quinton, Quinton Nelson. I believe the Colts win that division. Tennessee will still be solid as long as, you know, Derrick Henry is, is, is healthy and is solid. I believe behind that offensive line, uh, an improving defense, that defensive line is full of studs, young studs. Uh, I think Tennessee, the number one seed overall last year, upset by Cincinnati in round one. I do think they regress, but they have, Vrabel is a great coach an underrated great coach and I think Tennessee goes to nine and eight I believe both Jacksonville and Houston improve I believe Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward um, but I don't believe either of those two teams have enough talent to compete for a division title yet I believe Jacksonville is five and twelve Houston remains down a, a peg at three and fourteen so that's how I see the AFC South which I believe is the weakest division in the AFC yeah I mean it, it's it's weak I would say that there's not money that there's not too much uh, flair in that division. I mean, I have Tennessee being still the top dog in that division. I just don't think the way Tennessee plays and the way that they win. I mean, it, it's 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 boring football unless, unless you like defense and you like the running game. Uh, Travis Henry was hurt, but they he, you know it showed that they he has a viable backup over there. Uh, like you said, Vrabel knows how to to coach. He knows how to win. Uh, with that combination out there, I, I have the Tennessee still coming in at there at, at about at, at 10 and seven. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, they, uh, I like their running game. I like their defense. I just don't think that they can put it together. Uh, you know, I just don't think they can put it together with a new quarterback coming in. Not well, even though he's, he's, he's been, uh, he's a journeyman on the NFL. I just don't think that bodes well. Uh, you know, again, coming from a team that really hasn't had, uh, too much playoff success. I don't think he injects the type of, uh, energy like, uh, let's say your Kurt Warner when he came from the Giants onto the Arizona Cardinals, you know, and having that veteran roster with, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, him bringing that leadership and proven winning, uh, mentality to the Arizona Cardinals and, 
them being uh, a Super Bowl can actually participating in the Super Bowl. I just don't see that for the Indianapolis Colts. I have them, although they are a talented team, I have them coming at a nine and eight. Jacksonville, like you said, T- Trevor Lawrence will take his steps. I still, I still think that they, their roster needs to be developed a little bit more. They have the necessary talent on that team. It just needs to be developed. And, uh, but they'll be there. They'll, they'll be vying for 500, but this season I, I have them at, at seven and 10. And, you know, the Houston, let's just say this, the Houston is still going to be coming on, on hard times. I know that they had all those draft picks. I know, uh, that they're going to be developing them with that. They're, you're going to have a really, really young team, in my opinion. I really think uh, that I like Davis Mills. Davis Mills is a good, good quarterback. I think that he came in like gangbusters last year. I don't think a lot of people were really scheming for him. So he surprised a lot of teams. Uh, I don't think that comes uh, in his, uh, you know, this time around. I think, uh, you know, I think they figure him out. I think they're going to, they're going to struggle to win four games. I, I have them at, at 13 and four. I mean, three and 14. Okay. Same like me. So let's, let's, uh, segue to the NFC South. I believe with Brady coming back, of course, Tampa Bay is going to be the cream of that division. And I think that division takes a step back. I mean, you know, when with New Orleans, you're relying on Jameis Winston. He has a sprained ankle right now. And anytime you're relying on Jameis Winston, I believe that's dangerous. Michael Thomas looks good so far. Jarvis Landry is there as well. So from a wide receiver standpoint, they've upgraded. There is still no word on Alvin Kamara if he's going to be suspended for what happened during the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. If he plays the whole year or his suspension is minor, I think that's going to help them. I believe Tampa Bay regresses over last year, but with Brady, I still think they go 11-6. and six. Julio Jones looks good so far in camp, but you know that he hasn't been able to stay healthy in years. Mike Evans is hurt right now. Godwin is still recovering from an ACL. Gronk is gone. Ryan Jensen is gone for the year. They're uh, all pro center. That is so important to keeping Tom Brady uh, healthy. So I believe Tampa Bay regresses to 11-6. and six. New Orleans, I say they stay at 9-8. and eight. Too much wide receiver talent. Their defense is still really really solid Carolina at 7 and 10 Atlanta at 4 and 13 Carolina you know so much up in the air with Baker coming to town Baker Darnold who wins the quarterback position I put my money on Baker but even with that it's all going to come down to the offensive line protecting and can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy for the first time in four years that I do not think will happen because it hasn't happened recently I believe Carolina at best goes seven and ten and Atlanta's milled it in they signed Marcus Mariota for us Hawaiian people we hope Marcus does really really well but Atlanta is you know derive of talent real (laughs) talent Uh, I believe they regress and they go four and 13 so Tampa Bay should walk away with this division and thus be the number one seed in the overall in the NFC what do you think I don't think they become the number one overall seed in the I I think they regress but they do play in the NFC South and you know therefore you have some automatic wins coming coming your way I do be agree with you that they they finished the season at 11 and 6 they're an aged talented team and as as you see they've uh they've lost a number of those aged people uh I think this is the beginning of the end for Tom Brady. He's beat Father Time. How many, how many years? I still think he's going to be an excellent quarterback. It's not going to be his mind that deteriorates. I really think it's going to be the, the deterioration of his body. I don't see him, uh, uh, 
you know, lasting out a full 17 game season, uh, at this point of his career. Uh, but again, they play in the a- a- NFC South. And just because of that, if they played in any other division, I don't even think this is a 10 win team, but they play in the South. I have them at 11 and six. Uh, New Orleans, uh, they're kind I mean, I had a battle on who I think would come in in second. Uh, I believe, and I, I only say that because I believe Baker Mayfield will win the job in Carolina. Uh, with that said, I don't think it's going to be enough because of what we saw in, in Cleveland, but I do think he has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove everybody wrong. I think he'll, he'll, I think this may be, at least from his personal standpoint, one of his better years. Uh, I'll put, I'll have that teamed up with Christian McCaffrey actually having a better, He'll be more healthy this year. And I think a healthy Christian McCaffrey is a, is a lot better. I think the defense is a little bit underrated on top of that. I have Carolina at seven and 10, but I'm going to push New Orleans at eight and nine. Uh, they just have a more talented roster in, in my opinion. I just don't think, uh, Jameis is, you know, that type of quarterback. He surprised me last year, though. I thought he was going to be a gunslinger. He was actually a game manager. I didn't think he'd, he had that type of game with him. Uh, but you know, with that being a game manager, uh, I, he wasn't playing the true Jameis Winston way. Not to say that the true Jameis Winston way throws 24 interceptions like he did that one year, uh, with Tampa Bay, but you know, he also, uh, took the downside on his, on the number of, of touchdowns. So there, there, that is a double edged sword over there, but I have them coming in second place at eight and nine. Uh, like you, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, are in a rebuilding mode. I, I do hope, uh, Mariota does well. Uh, hopefully that they can build around him and, or, or hopefully can, we can see the Oregon Marcus Mario back over there, but they pull in the rear. I have them a little bit better than you. I have them at five and 12. All right. So let's get to what I believe are the two best divisions, both in the AFC and in the NFC. So let's start in the AFC. Kansas City has hosted four consecutive AFC championship games. Now they lost Tyreek Hill, but I still believe until somebody knocks them off, I still have them at number one. I believe Patrick Mahomes is going to have still a Patrick Mahomes-like season. It's going to be a little bit different. They're not going to be able to rely on just the speed of a Tyreek Hill. I believe Juju's going to have a big year uh, in Kansas City as the number one wide receiver there. I think Kansas City still wins this division at 11-6. and six. After that, it's a crapshoot. I have all three remaining teams, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders, all at 10 and 7. Wow. So it all comes down to tiebreakers. I believe this, the LA Chargers has the best roster in the division. I believe defensively, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, you have uh, good solid linebackers. You have Duran James and two, um, you know, they brought in JC Jackson as a cornerback. Duran James is all world at safety. I think defensively, they shored up their weakness because you could run the ball on them last year. I think they got better there. They continue to invest in their offensive line. Justin Herbert is a MVP candidate. They're loaded at wide receiver. Austin Eckler, uh, another fantasy type running back. My only problem with him is he's so small and he gets nicked up. So the Chargers could finish second. 
or they could finish fourth, but I believe they're 10 and seven. I believe they have the best record. The Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson, I believe take the biggest leap. I believe they go from where they were last year at six and 11, seven and 10. I believe they go up to 10 and seven. They've already suffered one injury though with Tim Patrick being out for the year, but I leave Russell Wilson and his leadership gets them to the top of that division or fighting for the top of that division. And then the Raiders, I believe Derek Carr is going to have a monster season. I think his chemistry with Devontae Adams, which goes back to their days at Fresno State, and they worked out in the offseason every single year since then. Uh, I believe that they're going to have a tremendous year. I think the Raiders are improved. That division is a crapshoot. I mean, any of the four teams could be first. Any of the four teams could be last. But until somebody knocks off Kansas City, I have to keep Kansas City at 11-6. and six. But I believe you could have three playoff teams come out of this division. What do you think? I agree with you as far as being, you know, the toughest division. There's so much parity within that division. Uh, like you said, the last place team could be the first place team. The first place team could be the last place team. It all depends on how the chemistry works, uh, you know, health. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of factors out there, but I I I have something is wrong with the Chargers when I thought they were going to be a good team last year, and you know they they weren't, uh, and they re- to me it, that it, I'm not saying that their 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 coaching staff is, is lacking in that department, but or you know the leader, leadership of Herbert is just uh, you know next level as far as uh you know playoff wins on top of there but something is something is missing on top of that i have them tentatively as i mean but just looking at them they're better than kansas city they're, they know, have more talent yeah, they're, 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 they're better they're, be, they're better than kansas city so i have them winning that division but i have them winning that division you know at 10 and 7 mm-hmm. Could you be. know uh, because, i have them at 10 and 7 yeah because i you know, they might they might beat a team in their division two times, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they split every every series in that division. I believe the Chargers have the best roster in the AFC other than Buffalo. I think Buffalo nudges them out, but barely. I think their roster top to bottom is loaded. Yeah. But a loaded roster doesn't mean you're you're yep. a, you're Absolutely. a super, you're a Super Bowl champion again. Uh they, they, there's that missing ingredient that I, it, it just doesn't do it for me. With that said, you know, I would, in any other division, this would be an 11 or 12 win team. But in the AFC West, they're 10 and 7. The, the AFC West is just that good. The Kansas City Chiefs, I have at 9 and 8. Uh, Patrick Mahomes struggled early last year. Then they went on that, uh, amazing winning streak. Uh, they just lost two, they just lost two, uh, two big splash plays, guys. I mean, I think Tyree, Ty, they're gonna miss, t- Juju Smith, and this is coming from a Pittsburgh Steeler, right? Juju Smith did well for the Pittsburgh Steeler. Juju Smith was a Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver. He was a big wide receiver who blocked, wasn't very fast, you know, deceptive speed, but he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. He fit their scheme. He doesn't fit, in my opinion, the Kansas City system as well as he does uh, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I think that difference between Tyreek Hill and uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be uh, bigger than most people anticipate. I think he'll still have a good good year. I just don't think they'll have a good year 
uh, if Tyreek Hill was there instead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Smith I still think that defensive su is suspect. I think the offensive line, which, which should have been corrected last year, uh, is still shaky in my opinion. See, I think their offensive line is probably the best in the AFC this year with Creed Humphreys in his second year, Trey Smith in his second but year, Orlando that, Brown. That, that's, what the, that's what we said at the beginning last year. And I thought they were mediocre, uh, a little bit better than mediocre. So uh, again, having the best players out there doesn't really... There's chemistry. There's chemistry. You can beat your your man on man, but how does that look, how does that pocket look? Are 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 there gaps on uh in that pocket where you know if you if 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 you do a blitz is 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 everything covered? Because Mahomes just didn't drop the ball last year. He was hit, and when he was hit, that's when he fumbled. Uh, I'm just going to say that I think it's a talented offensive line on an individual standpoint. I just don't think as a unit, they're, they're the best out there. Uh, with that said, I have them coming out at nine and eight. I like the, the Vegas Raiders for everything that you said. I think that, uh, you know, that, that, that chemistry that Carr has with Devante Adams, you know, going from their, uh, college days. Connected, uh, you know, in addition to, to Waller, who actually b became an outstanding tight end. I think that guy could be, I think that guy could be a wide receiver to tell you the truth. I mean, that guy, he's fat, he's big, fast, and he can catch. Uh, that guy's, that guy, in my opinion, I, I like him as much as Kelsey. I, I, I like, I like Waller. And I think that combination, I think with Las Vegas puts up a lot of points this, this year. Unfortunately, they play in the AFC West. So wins are going to be, uh, hard to come by. They're at nine and eight. And although the Denver Broncos, uh, acquired Russell Wilson, they gave up a lot of equity on top of there. They still have that great defense. Uh, I think they're going to miss Noah Fant. Uh, as uh, as relief help, uh, they will improve. Uh, I just don't think they're going to improve that much. I have them buying. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put them at. I'm going to. I had them at eight and nine. I think I'm going to put them at nine and eight. So I got. I got the Chargers at ten and seven, and three other teams at nine and eight. Well, which is similar. I mean, I had the the Chiefs at eleven and six, and everybody else at ten and seven. So I think what makes the AFC West so unique is that, in my opinion. They have four of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. And it is a quarterback league. So mm. that is going to be hard. And what compounds their records even more is the AFC West this year plays the NFC West this year. And I believe the NFC West is the best division in the NFC. And that's the segue. I believe my Los Angeles Rams win the division at 11 and 6. But their schedule this year is flat out brutal. Easily the hardest schedule in the NFL. Not only do they have to play the Niners twice, the Cardinals twice, but they also play Buffalo. They play at Tampa Bay. They play Dallas. They play the AFC West. So they're at Kansas City. They're at the Chargers. Um, it's a gauntlet. So 11 and six could be even ambitious for my Rams, but I have them at 11 and six and I have San Francisco at 11 and six. I just believe San Francisco's overall roster is so good. 11 and 6 is predicated on two things, and those are two big ifs. One, they stay healthy. Last year, they were not healthy, but I think Garoppolo's experience was able to navigate things and get them into the NFC Championship game. This year, they're going with Trey Lance, and that's the other if. 
If Trey Lance develops into a decent quarterback, he doesn't have to be extraordinary, but he just can't be a liability. If he can just be decent, the 49ers are going to be awesome again. I have them at 11 and 6 as well. I think the Rams win a tie break. Arizona at 10 and 7, Kyler Murray with his new contract. I believe that their overall roster is really, really solid. And if Kyler Murray is going to be worth that money, then the Cardinals should be able to get to 10 and 7. And I believe the Seahawks are going to be atrocious. So I believe that they go 5 and 12 at best. That's probably a little bit of a, of a hopeful record. They could be battling the Texans and some of the others for the worst record could be in the league, which could. sets them up for that monster class of quarterbacks last year, yep. led by CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I think Seattle's got their eye and heart set on one of those two guys next year. So that's my NFC West. Say you, Ernie. Okay. Uh, very similar. Uh, and I'll start with Seattle being the, uh, you know, the cellar dweller out there. I, I, I agree with you in regards to, uh, not, not them tanking. I think they're going to, See who they have viable coming up for seasons to come in regards to their young and developing players. Uh, I really don't think that they're the type of team that's going to be, uh, you know, have their eyes on contending for even a, a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, I watched the preseason game on top of their, their coaching staff. Uh, really what well, we're, we're playing like cheerleaders out there rather than coaching their, 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 you know, their young players. So. Uh, yeah, I have them at five and twelve. And let me reverse the order. I will go to the top right now. Uh, I believe that Trey Lance with Debo Samuels is gonna be picking up San Francisco's uh, rejuvenated, not dynasty, but rejuvenated team. I really think that come. Here's the thing, folks. They want to just let go of Garoppolo, not trade him. They just want to let him go. That, that, that's the, that's the sights right now. They just want to let Garoppolo go. And Garoppolo is not a bad quarterback. He just gets paid too much. I believe if Garoppolo, Garoppolo was a $15 million quarterback, I think he, he would be on another roster right now. And a $15 million quarterback isn't a bad quarterback. But right now, the San Francisco 49ers are actually thinking about just cutting the guy, which leads me to believe that Trey Lance, with all his uh, athletic ability, his strong arm is, is ready. And if that's the case, look out. Because uh, a lot of good things can happen. I mean, that guy uh, just had the maturity factor about him. Uh, he's got a strong arm, very fast player. You know, the, the prototypical modern quarterback that can, that can avoid the pass rush. Uh, you know, and then, and, you know, throw that, uh, 50 yard strike downfield. Uh, I have the San Francisco 49ers actually having the best record in the NFC at 12 and 5. Now, your Rams come in second. I have them, uh, at 11 and 6. And I, it could have flip flopped because they are the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, just looking back at what you said last year in, in, in the regular season that they haven't beaten the, the 49ers like what? In the Five times in a row <laughs> until the <laughs> NFC championship. Exactly. Game. Exactly. But in the regular season, I believe that trend continues. Uh, so they win both home games and that will give the San Francisco 49ers, you know, that one game edge. Now the Arizona Cardinals. 
when you just hear the news, you know, about Kyler Murray, and I like Kyler Murray. If you listen to the podcast late last season, uh, at least early last season, I mean, I, I was raving about this guy. I loved his mobility. I loved his energy out there. Uh, everything that I loved about him has uh, taken... Uh, has become really slow right now because now they're questioning his leadership ability, uh, his contract situation where at least initially they had him, they had a clause about him looking at, uh, you know, a number of hours watching game film. I have a lot of pause in regards to the Arizona Cardinals. I do believe that they are a very talented team. Uh, I just don't have them as a double, I don't have them as a double digit team win. I have them going nine and eight. But so San Francisco at 12 and five, Rams at 11 and six, Arizona at nine and eight with Seattle pulling up the rear. All right. So gang, we're already well over an hour. So we're going to, I'm going to go real quickly through my playoff teams. Um, and then we'll spit that out and we'll get directly into Ernie's and then he can go into his closing thought. In the AFC, I have Buffalo as the number one C, followed by Kansas City, Cincinnati, the Colts, Baltimore, Miami, and Denver are my wild cards. In the NFC, Tampa Bay is the number one seed. The Rams are two, Green Bay three, Philly four, San Francisco, Minnesota, and Arizona are my wild card teams. In the wild card route, I have KC over Denver, the Bengals over the Dolphins, the Colts over the Ravens. In the NFC, the Rams Rams beat Arizona and get in round one. Green Bay over Minnesota. San Francisco over Philadelphia in the divisional round. It's Buffalo over the Colts. Kansas City over Cincinnati. Tampa Bay defeats San Francisco. And the Rams beat the, the Green Bay Packers. And in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be your Buffalo Bills over Kansas City getting over the hump. This year, they'll be at home. Kansas City will have to go to Buffalo. I think Buffalo prevails. And in the NFC Championship, I think the Rams beat Tampa Bay again. Uh, the Rams go down to Tampa, knock them off again. And in the Super Bowl, unfortunately for my Rams, I believe it's going to be Buffalo's year. Buffalo beats my Rams in the Super Bowl. Okay, and for me, I have Buffalo the number one seed in the AFC. I have uh, San Francisco the number one seed in the NFC. Both of them would get buys. So my re remaining uh, playoff teams uh, go as Cincinnati versus Kansas City. I have Cincinnati winning that game. Tennessee versus Indianapolis. I have Tennessee winning that game. I have the Chargers uh, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh cannot beat any West Coast team. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh loses that game. So in the divisional round, I have Buffalo versus the, the Chargers. Buffalo wins that game. Cincinnati versus Tennessee. I have Cincinnati winning that game. In the AFC Championship, I have Buffalo versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati gets to the Super Bowl for the second wow. year in a row. Okay. Coming off the NFC side, again, San Francisco is my number one team. So I have Philly... The Philadelphia Eagles versus the LA Rams. LA Rams win that game. Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Dallas wins that game. So I have two road teams winning in the opening round. Minnesota versus Arizona. I have Minnesota winning that game. In, in the next round, I have San Francisco over the Rams. Minnesota beating Dallas in the champion, NFC Championship game. San Francisco versus Minnesota, San Francisco wins that in a laughter, but in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati gets exact revenge. A more, a more mature, although very young rostered Cincinnati team beats the San Francisco 49ers becoming Super Bowl champions. Wow. So the Bengals over the Niners for Ernie, the Bills over the Rams for me. 
Hopefully I'm wrong and it's the Rams back-to-back. <laughs> it is almost impossible to back-to-back. I don't remember when was the last time someone did that. I believe it was Tom Brady way back in the early 2000s. So Ernie, let's transition. So guys, before I, I, we, we go to Ernie's closing thought, don't forget next week's fantasy football show. You're not going to want to miss that one. We're going to show you how to win your title. But Ernie, where are you going with your closing thought? Well, this is my thought on top of all of this. I mean, we're, we're talking about... Uh, the end of the NFL does not stop at after the Super Bowl. I mean, you go straight into prospecting for the, you know, those, uh, the, you know, the draft as far as going to, uh, you know, the, the college prospects going out there. So, uh, you know, the NFL combine is, is basically one of the, the bigger things right now. I mean, you don't even get the, the NBA, how big it is. You don't even get to see their combine and, the NFL combine is almost 24 seven. Uh, it seems like, I mean, on, uh, you know, if you have all those sports channels and we're not even going to talk about baseball, they don't even, have, you know, or, or hockey having, you know, that type of exposure. Then you get to that draft. The NFL draft is basically, uh, you know, prime time TV. Uh, the NBA draft is somewhat like that, but not even close on a level to the NBA draft. Major league baseball draft is. Uh, you know, a distant, distant third. So I'm just saying that, you know, th- let, let's just say it. Although baseball was perceived as America's pastime, it is not America's pastime. Uh, it is number one by far. And it should be, uh, really acknowledged right now that the NFL you know, just by sheer ratings and money involved and the marketing involved in what is by far, by far America's pastime. And it is getting to be global. You know, uh, when you say football in Europe, you're thinking soccer. Now, when you're saying football in Europe, you, you're saying American football or football. You know, so it's becoming prevalent out there. I mean, we have NFL teams uh playing in i know football in in mexico is big where soccer is big i know uh, american football in uh london is very big i mean you got a number of teams uh that 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 play in europe now you know just because of uh you know the popularity that's been picked up over there and i have a feeling that you're gonna probably be seeing in the next you know i say within the next 10 years you're gonna you're gonna see your first franchise uh you know, probably in Europe. I believe this, the NFL is getting so popular that I believe the first franchise to, to, to have a team outside of Canada will be coming from the NFL. So I just believe the popularity has just hit a new level out there. Uh, I don't see it stopping. I think it's getting bigger. I think it's getting better. And even though we're having, uh, you know, these negative, uh, you know, things like concussions and whatnot. I think they've taken the right protocol in regards to, uh, you know, changing the helmet, changing the rules where, uh, you know, you know, bigger penalties are, are put in force. Uh, if you make, you know, uh, too violent of a hit to, you know, to do that, but it, it's not going away. And the NFL right now, I'm looking forward to it. I am a big basketball fan. Uh, when the Boston Celtics lost in the NBA championship, uh, this year, I felt really bad, but that 
I felt worse when the Steelers lost in an opening round uh, playoff game. I, I, I mean, that's that, that's the level. And I, I watch. I I I I probably watch out of the out of all the games in basketball. I probably missed two basketball games uh, in the last two years. The NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I haven't missed any, but that's only uh, you know sixteen games the year before and seventeen games this past year. Uh, but you know, it, it just hurts more when the Steelers lost. Maybe because you know every game counts a little bit more, but. Uh, it's number one for me, and I think it's number one for America. And watch out, world! I think it's going to be number one worldwide. Well, I definitely agree. I mean, it's certainly number one in the United States. I mean, it is definitely the driver in not only sports but just entertainment in general. Worldwide, that's going to be a challenge. I mean, soccer is the world's greatest sport, so to take over soccer on a global stage is going to be a challenge without actually playing American football throughout the world. But it's certainly popular. I mean, anything that's popular in America gains traction elsewhere. You're seeing that in Europe. You definitely see it in Mexico. Um, so you're right, Ernie. The NFL is definitely the new pastimes the sports pastime in the united states so guys that is a wrap for our nfl preview show we encourage you to go to uh, facebook and twitter and and ig let us know what you think sports rivals podcast on ig and facebook sports rivals pod on twitter tell us what you think what are your predictions for the nfl super bowl do you agree with ernie is it the Bengals and the 49ers and the Bengals winning it do you agree with me? Is it Buffalo and the Rams in a repeat of the week one in the Super Bowl with Buffalo winning it? Or do you have another combination? But again, you don't want to miss next week's fantasy football show. Make sure you tune in next week. Ernie, you got anything else? I'm good. All right, gang. So until next week at our fantasy football show, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm.